0: 12 starting at verse 27 to 33 that's the text page 899 the Lord Jesus said now is my soul troubled and what shall I say father save me from this hour but for this purpose I have come to this hour father glorify your name then a voice came from heaven I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out, and I when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, question sometimes comes up, why do we have a special service on Good Friday? Why did many of you come, even from different congregations, to spend this time Together, this worship service on a Friday. The argument goes we live after the death of Christ, and we are a people of life. So wouldn't it be better to focus on the practical questions of the Christian life rather than constantly remember the cost of our new life? We ask, what does Christ's death have to do with my life today? Well, we know that Christ's crucifixion remains important for the church today because our risen Savior, after his resurrection, he still had the marks of his crucifixion on his body. Thomas could even put his hand in his side. When John later was shown the glory of heaven, revelation, he saw his Savior there as the Lamb who looked like he had been slain. And so we're asking, why is Jesus carrying around the marks of the cross still today, even in heaven? Well, it is for the same reason that we celebrate Good Friday, even after we have been given new life, the cross remains in the center of every Christian life. God was glorified through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, his son, and God continues to be glorified when we reflect on his death. We confess his life is filled with sorrows and temptations. And that's when we look to the cross. When we are faced with sorrows and temptations, we confess and question and answer 44 of Lord's Day 16. Then we reflect on his death. The Holy Spirit directs our attention to the cross of Jesus Christ right there in our modern Christian life, in the struggles we have today, for staring at the cross, we see that the holy God will punish every sinner who tries to ruin his good creation. He punish him with the anguish of hell. But we also see that God has provided a substitute to bear that wrath for us so that we don't have to spend eternity under God's punishment. When we look at the cross, we see God's justice, God's holiness, which gives us hope for eternal life. And we see it all in the context of His great love for His people. And this gives us hope, this gives us freedom in our lives today. John 12, the Holy Spirit reveals that the Lord Jesus glorified his Father's name by suffering in his body and in his soul for us and in our place so that whoever believes in Jesus Christ and hides himself under the cross will never suffer the anguish of hell. This is the gospel I preach to you this morning. Believers under the cross of Christ are free from the anguish of hell. Of hell. And we believe that because our Lord Jesus' soul was troubled for us. His Father spoke for us and he was lifted up. His body was lifted up for us. It's not enjoyable to look at someone else who is suffering. However, in order to be certain of our salvation, We need to know that Jesus, our substitute, really endured everything that we deserved for our sins, including the troubled soul. Jesus had to suffer in his human nature, in our place. And John 12, verse 27, assures us that even the knowledge of his suffering caused Jesus' suffering. He was troubled in his soul he says that now now is my soul troubled the hour had come and that word for troubled contains the sense of revulsion contains the sense of horror and anxiety when our lord was in the garden of gethsemane he described his troubled soul a little more as as being sorrowful even to death. Jesus had lived in the midst of a world burdened down by sin and its effects and he saw that and now bearing our sins on his own shoulders and so guilty, the guilty one, the one worthy of eternal damnation and separation from God and everything good, he felt like a worm and not a man. While Jesus was in the garden, sorrowful, even to death, his father, we read in Luke chapter 22, his father sent an angel to strengthen him and so prevent him from dying before his work was done, even though the sorrow was upon him so greatly. And so Jesus' agony continued and praying earnestly. His, we read in Luke 22 verse 44, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. The suffering of the soul. Although he talked in, a, in an objective way about the necessity of his death. He was just saying that before this in the verses before our text. It was not easy for our Lord Jesus and a soul was deeply troubled throughout his suffering he bore the punishment that we deserved as, as Jesus would also do in the garden of Gethsemane when he reflects on his impending death already now in our text he prays feeling that troubled soul he prays. And the first thing he says to his father is, What shall I say? There are no words to experience, to express the anxiety he is experiencing. The Lord Jesus knows what it is to suffer when we are tempted. And we, and we thank him for showing us that he understands the, the agony that our human souls experience from time to time. But for Jesus, it was even worse than it will be for any other human being. For though our suffering produces perseverance and we suffer while we are in the hands of our Heavenly Father who loves us, for Jesus, it meant separation from God. And so the knowledge led him to cry out, Father, save me from this hour. Although sometimes this is worded as as a question that Jesus immediately refutes as a poor solution to his agony, his suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane makes it clear that Jesus really felt the agony of hell so greatly that his body cried out for relief. There is intense emotion behind our text. Later, as we read, he would even fall on his face. He was so burdened, he fell on his face on the ground. He would pray to his father, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. We cannot Gloss over the pain and the anguish that the anger of God against our sins caused to our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to understand this torment and anguish of hell that everyone deserves for their sins. It was placed upon His shoulders. Otherwise, We might think we can live a good and happy and fulfilled life outside of Christ. Look at the curse he endured for everyone who believes in him. Do you see why we run to the cross with joy and thanksgiving? Do you see why the marks remain on Jesus' body? And they comfort us even today. Christ Jesus' soul was troubled and anguished. His body was pushed to the limits of suffering. His mind was even tested by the thought of of not drinking that cup, but, but passing it back to those who had really rebelled and deserved that wrath. Yet his love for God, for himself, For all who belong to him by true faith prevailed. And we read in our text that the strong, adversative, but, or or no. One thought was followed by another. He said, no. The struggle within himself was real. And out of this struggle, he declares that his commitment to love is wholehearted. Wholehearted. For this very purpose I have come to this hour. Even though he did not feel like he had the strength to bear the hellish torment, he was the obedient one who perfectly desired to live according to all God's will, for it was his own will too. Our Lord Jesus continues his prayer by expressing his desire to continue. He says, Father, glorify your name. It was like saying, Father, use my suffering so that your name may be glorified so that you may be known for who you are. And then we see that his obedience was not grudging acquiescence with grumbling and murmuring by obligation. But he was a willing, voluntary, obedient sacrifice driven by his pure love for God, for you, his people. The marks of Christ's death remain visible on his body. The church, when we celebrate his death, so that we will remember that love in all our sorrows and temptations. Christ glorified God's name by obeying his will, by dying on a cross for our sins, and his Father confirmed him in this willing love when he chose that moment to speak from heaven for us. This is the only time that John records that the Father spoke from heaven. Although the other Gospels tell us that God also spoke at Jesus' birth or Jesus' baptism and at his transfiguration. And John helps us imagine what it's like. You can can look in your Bibles in in verse 29. He says, The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Immediately after Jesus prayed, Father, glorify your name, the heavens erupted in thunderous response. And the people who said it was an angel, it's clear that they did not make the connection between Jesus' words and the words from heaven that identified the speaker as the Father himself. Perhaps they didn't hear what Jesus had just prayed Or perhaps they didn't even actually hear the words that were spoken from heaven. But John knew when he wrote this what the thundering voice said and how the Father had responded to Jesus. And today we also know that God told Jesus in that hour of suffering, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Well, the message for our Lord Jesus Christ was clear. The father was confirming for his son that there was no other way. His son said, Lord, Father, use me to glorify your name. And his father said, I will. The Lord Jesus had walked with his father this far in accomplishing the work he gave him to do. And his father assures him he will reach the point where he will say it is finished the father said I have glorified my name through the gracious incarnation through the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven through the resurrection of of Lazarus from the dead through your willingness to endure the anguish of of soul many other ways through the ministry of Jesus The name of God was glorified. And then he says, and I will glorify my name again. God revealed to his son that his will will be done as Jesus already knew. It was a cold comfort for one who was troubled in soul. Christ Jesus would glorify his father's name. He would drink the cup voluntarily, the cup of God's wrath to the dregs because of his love for those whom the father had given into his hand. The father's voice confirmed the plan that he would abandon his son That's what the Lord Jesus heard. He he heard it confirmed that the Father would abandon his his son and leave him to suffer the anguish of hell alone. And Jesus would not hear the voice of his Father again until he had completed his work on the cross. And since Jesus had expressed his desire to obey God's will, he, he knew what the Father was saying already. He could tell the crowd, that the voice came for their sake and not for his sake. The crowd that heard the voice from heaven could immediately learn that Jesus and the Father are one in their determined desire to save the rebellious people by lifting Jesus up. Well, the crowd understood that Jesus was talking about being crucified. John 12, verse 33 and then 34 shows that Jesus was revealing to them what kind of death he would die. He would be lifted up. And this was a major stumbling block for the Jews to hear. They, They were hearing that they needed to follow a Savior who would be executed like a Roman criminal in a vile and dirty way. That is why God confirms that his name would be glorified in Christ's crucifixion. He said that so the crowds would know that God the Father was at work in this dirty, vile cross. To be sure, God's name was not glorified by Romans, nor by the Roman practice of nailing a man to a cross beam and then lifting it up to an upright post where the body hanged until the muscles were broken and the organs failed. But God was glorified through the willingness of his son to be cursed by God and by man for us and in our place. And also today, When we hear the words that were spoken from heaven, God reveals, he reminds us that the cross did not signify God's defeat. We're not here today to celebrate the Romans' cruelty, but we're here to celebrate God's victory. Although crucifixion, had been nothing more than a cruel form of executing criminals in the ancient Roman world. When the Romans nailed the Christ of God to the cross to die under the curse of God and man, ever since then no one would ever look at a cross in the same way again. The Lord Jesus explains how his crucifixion was different than any other crucifixion in the world and and it was happening all the time. He tells us how his death on the cross glorified God, especially in verses 31 to 32. He says three things about his crucifixion. He says now is the judgment of this world. Although the whole world, we read in John 3, verses 18 to 20, the whole world was already judged and was already under the condemnation of God ever since the fall into sin. The cross was like a a second chance for the world that was already under the curse. Christ Jesus died to provide a way out of the anguish and torment of hell if we compare the curse of God that lay on, upon all humanity, if we compare it to a big, heavy blanket of fire already covering the earth, then Jesus was like the one who could go through the fire, taking the heat upon himself to, to open up a path through the flames. He soaked up the wrath of God against the sins of the whole human race as the substitute for everyone who would believe in him, who would hide themselves under his cross, under his work. His cross punctured the mantle of the curse and presented mankind a way out from under the anguish or uh, under the wrath of God because God chose to glorify his son in this way and it's a surprising way even for the Jews crucifixion really he put the cross in the center stage for all humanity your eternity now depends on how you respond to the preaching of the gospel of Christ's death and his payment for sins on the cross. The world thought they were passing judgment on Christ. But in actual fact, the cross was passing judgment on them. Simeon, said when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ as a baby, he said that this baby, this Christ, had been appointed for the fall and the rising of many. And in this way, he presented the cross of Christ as the very point where, where the judgment is made. A person is either outside of Christ and still in their sins and still under the wrath of God or they are under the cross and have already passed through the punishment of God together with Christ. This is not hell and brimstone preaching, but it is an urgent call to see the one way that God opened up in his gracious love to anyone who believes in him. When Jesus points to the cross and says now is the time of judgment he was pointing to the door that he was opening up. It was a most gracious offer. You always have a second chance while you live. We do not need to stay in our rebellion. We never need to suffer the anguish, and the torment of hell. For the cross of Christ provides the way to peace and to eternity. The Lord Jesus reveals to all those who doubt that the crucifixion of Christ was not Satan's victory, but it was his defeat. Jesus said, now the ruler of this world would be cast out. And the ruler of this world is a reference to Satan. You can see that in other passages in John, in Corinthians, and Ephesians. It's a reference to the ancient serpent who deceived Adam and Eve. The devil who offered Jesus the nations of the world if he would just bow down to him. And since Jesus Christ is our substitute through his death on the cross for us and in our place, He took away all the grounds that the devil had to accuse us. He destroyed his dominion on the earth. God even used the devil's hatred to bring Jesus to the cross. Though God's enemies thought they had killed the Savior of the world for good, they had actually really just cracked open the seed that needed to die so that it could bear fruit. Could it be, could it be that Satan did not understand self-sacrificial love in, in any way so that he could not see this coming? The one who tried to cover the earth with his darkness and with his hatred, he put Christ on the very cross that punctured the darkness to allow the light to shine in. The ruler of this world would lose everything, says our Lord Jesus Christ. For when our Lord continued to be lifted up, when he was exalted to the heavens, the devil was cast out even of heaven, placed under the feet of of the Savior who died, the King of Kings. Christ Jesus points to the cross and tells the church, now the ruler of the world has been cast out He has no power over those who believe in Jesus Christ, who hide under the cross of Christ. This is a great comfort for us in all our struggles and temptations. And Jesus says that when he is lifted up from the earth, he will draw all people to himself. And the word for draw in, in the original language. It's used in many contexts in which, which highlight the one-sidedness of the action. The word is not used to speak of, of gently compelling. It's not used to, to speak of, of calling and just hoping people will come. But it's a picture of dragging. It was used in the context of a man Hauling a net out of the water while the force of the net is completely in the other direction it was used to talk of a man who is dragged out of the temple by the authorities. It involves the notion of resistance overcome by power, like a bird getting pulled out of the snare, Psalm one hundred and twenty-four, or a believer being set free from the trap of the devil in Second Timothy two. It's a great comfort that Jesus uses this word. For it shows to us that the benefits of the cross do not depend on our own decisions, our own strength. Christ ensures that his children make the right decision when the cross of Christ is there before them as as a junction, as a crossroads. To follow Christ Or to go another way. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to work. For his good pleasure. The cross is really the tool. That God uses in his hand. To separate those who love their lives on earth. More than God. And those who love Jesus Christ and his gospel. More than their own personal comforts. As he speaks about in the verses before our text. He will draw his children to himself but it will be through the cross and since he draws we know that we will come to him even though we resist him even though we sometimes think we can live without him We can do it in our own strength. Even though we often give in to temptations for a while. Even though sometimes we are so overwhelmed with sorrows that we are too weak to come to him on our own strength. You see, brothers and sisters, the same Savior who came down into this world to provide the way out From the wrath of God, he also drags to himself, draws all people to himself so that we might hide secure under his cross in his work, passing through the anguish and torment of hell with him who paid it all. And the gospel message I proclaim to you this Good Friday is that when our Lord Jesus Christ died, and when that temple curtain was ripped from, from, ripped from top to bottom, he drew all people to himself without distinguishing between culture, history, the severity of your past sins. And he showed the new and the living way. And so as we stand before the preaching of the cross, of Jesus Christ. We never need to think that's not for me. Male and female, Jew and Gentile, public known sinner and hidden sinner, yes, everybody who hides in Christ as the substitute are also one with him, members of his body, his church, sharing all the benefits of his death. And brothers and sisters, if you love Jesus Christ for the work that he has done for you, you are among those whom Jesus Christ is drawing to himself through the cross as you live your life in him as a member of his body, Church, under the cross, you do not need to fear death or hell, for Jesus has suffered hell for you when he was punished in soul and in body. Through faith in him, we have passed through the punishment as he carries you into peace and new life. And yet Jesus still has the marks Of his crucifixion on his body even after he had risen to new life. Because those marks glorify the name of God his Father. They declare God's love. They declare God's open arms. They show his mercy. So may you let us all keep the marks of the crucifixion visible in our transformed and our new life on the other side of punishment so that we may live a confident and a thankful life. Praise the Lord. We do not need to doubt his love. Amen.